You can see uh, up there what I'm going to be talking on um, today. Um, just to give a little bit of uh, background, really. Um, just as I was thinking about what to, to speak on today, I just couldn't get out of my head um, just the whole theme of the kingdom of God. Now, that's obvious because that's what we've been looking at um, over recent weeks. Um, and I've just really loved how uh, we've been exploring what it means to live out uh, a kingdom culture to build the kinds of culture here at Jubilee that God wants to live in. So today, I want to share with you something that I've had really a growing excitement about over this time. And it's something that really is on my heart for us as a church. As I began to put a pen to paper to write today, I actually thought I was heading in a different direction. However, as I prayed um, and really kind of sought God what he was saying, I realised that God wanted me to talk to you today about children and the kingdom. Now, maybe it's a little bit clichéd for a children's worker to preach about children, (laughs) but I really am living with this sense, so much to teach us about stepping out in this whole area of God's kingdom breaking out. And I believe that they can teach us so much actually about encountering Jesus, about being powerful people who carry the kingdom of God wherever they go, being light bringers, those who don't think twice about praying for their friends for healing, who bring joy and peace, comfort to many. I want to encourage you that God really is doing something special amongst the kids here at Jubilee. And I've been just so encouraged with the way that God is emphasising and underlining this at the moment. Wasn't it great to hear Rob's preach a few weeks ago about raising children in the prophetic? And next week, Tom is going to pick up this theme further and look again at children in the kingdom, but from a different angle. God is definitely speaking to us about children. And actually, as I've spoken to other children's workers within our Catalyst Hub network of churches. It is something that there's an emphasis there that people are feeling nationally. So we're going to look at a couple of passages from Matthew today. And as we apply them, I want to share with you what I'm learning from the children in terms of how I see their thirst for is actually creating a culture of expectancy and a pursuit of Jesus. We're going to think about how this can lead to see God's kingdom break out in families, in our homes, our communities, and beyond. So I want to ask the question, what can children teach us about encountering the kingdom of God? And I've actually got three headings, and they all start with R, so hopefully they're fairly memorable. So firstly, receive. Children are a picture to us of how to receive the kingdom. Secondly, respond. Children show us how to respond to the king of the kingdom. And thirdly, reflect. Children show us of something, something of how we can reflect the kingdom. So we're going to start in Matthew, first of all, chapter 19. So it will come up on the screen, but if you want to flick to it, Matthew 19, and we're going to read from verse 13. The little children and Jesus. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, 
Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Let's just take a moment to pray. Father, thank you so much for what you've already reminded us of this afternoon. Thank you that we are your children. And thank you that we see in your word time and time again how you place such value on children, how important they are. And God, I pray that you would speak to us this afternoon. Lord, that we would see something of your heart for children and what it means for us to receive and to respond just like little children. Amen. Great. So children are a picture to us of how we receive the kingdom of God. So we receive the kingdom of God like a little child. That's what this passage is saying. This is about the posture of the kingdom. Now Mark's version of this event adds that Jesus says, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. It's really stark words. It is clear children were Jesus' priority here. In a society that did not hold little children in high regard, Jesus has compassion on them. And not just that, he says, bring them to me. Let them come. Do not hinder them. And then he goes even further. He says, the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. If we just flick back to Matthew 18, the first five verses, the disciples are having a debate over who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus comes and quickly pours water on their fiery discussion of greatness by getting to the heart of the matter. He calls over a little child and stands him in the middle of the disciples. And he says in verse 3, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Jesus uses children as a picture of the humility necessary for entry into the kingdom. Now, the disciples at this point misunderstand greatness in terms of human endeavour, accomplishment and qualification. They seem to think that these things will bring the status of greatness. But the kingdom upturns these worldly values. Let's just picture the scene for a moment. Jesus calls the child over to him. And remember, a child had no rights or status in ancient society. The child promptly responds and stays where he's put. This child is accounted great by Jesus. Taking the lowly position or humbling yourself like a child means coming when Jesus calls us and staying where Jesus puts us. We learn so much from looking at a child's attitude of trust, simplicity, dependence and inability to put forward their own achievements. These qualities are priceless in the kingdom of God 
And so children can provide a signpost towards life in the kingdom style. We must recognize that God has already given us the highest status imaginable. We are his children. And like an earthly child, we are unable to advance our own cause apart from the help, direction and resources of our parent. In John 15, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Isn't that a picture of what it is to be poor in spirit, actually? In Matthew 5, the Beatitudes, we've seen how the entry requirement for the kingdom of God is poverty. Blessed, supremely happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is a description of those who recognise they have nowhere else to go. The entry point of the kingdom is poverty, not strength. And there's been a lot of prophetic emphasis on thirst lately, hasn't there, as we've moved into 2015. It's thirst that firstly reveals our need, shows us that we're poor in spirit, and secondly causes us to drink. Does our thirst drive us to Jesus? Because there's the danger that we can look to quench our thirst in other places. We don't always go to the right wells to drink. And God's challenge to me has been, where do you go to drink? Remember Jesus' words in John 7. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. We were created to be thirsty, to long for him, to go to him, to be satisfied in him. Unless we are thirsty for Jesus, we will look to other wells. So being thirsty is a characteristic of those who are poor in spirit. And Jesus says, unless you receive the kingdom of God like a little child, dependent, powerless, thirsty, at the bottom of the pecking order... You won't enter it. Like children, we are to be open and receptive, to be honest about our feelings, acknowledging how fragile and vulnerable we are, how in desperate need we are of Jesus. And this openness and receptiveness is what we're starting to see more and more in the lives of our kids here at Jubilee. We've thought recently about what it looks like to raise our children in the prophetic, to teach them how to encounter Jesus. And when Adrian Horner from Kettering came to Jubilee at the end of January, he gave me a prophetic word for our kids' work. He said our children will lead the way in the supernatural. And that just as we have TSM, training for supernatural ministry for the adults, so we need to be training the kids in it. Proverbs 2 verse 6 says, start children off or train children up on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. We need to invest in our children to make the supernatural normal. And so in our kids' work, we are seeking more and more to prioritise presence over programme, to provide opportunities to encounter God, and actually to give space for testimonies. After all, we don't just want our kids to have history lessons, to know about Jesus, but to know him to encounter him. There's not a junior Holy Spirit. (laughs) Children have so much to teach us about faith. They expect God to speak, to heal, 
to help because he says he will. And I've seen a real growing eagerness in our kids to hear God speak. Many regularly bring pictures of what they've drawn during worship to kids' work. And it's the first thing on their minds. Can I share my picture? Some have even come along with parents to the evening thirst meetings we had in January and February. They are thirsty too. Wasn't it great to hear Bernice's testimony last week about the significant impact a prophetic picture had on her at the start of the year? This picture was shared by one of our children. So, the first lesson we can learn from the children when it comes to encountering the kingdom of God, we receive the kingdom like a little child, poor in spirit, powerless, thirsty to meet with our God, knowing we are wholly reliant and dependent upon him. So this is to do with the posture of encountering Jesus. Now the second lesson is to do with our heart response. So what can the children teach us about encountering the kingdom of God? They show us how to respond to the king of the kingdom. We respond to the king in worship. We're going to flick forward a chapter or two in Matthew and have a look at Matthew 21. Again, it will come up on the screen. So we're going to read Matthew 21, verse 12 to 16. Jesus at the temple. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying, they asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praise? Let's just think for a moment about the context of the temple where this is taking place. It was a huge open space, apparently about 33 acres, So I tried to find something that that was similar to, to contrast it. Apparently, if you know St. Michael's Mount in Cornwall, that's 50 acres. So it gives you a vague idea. And within this space stood the temple itself and associated buildings. And in the area surrounding the buildings were the stalls of those who changed money for the temple offerings and sold animals for temple sacrifices, like the doves that we read in verse 12. And they were there with permission from the priestly authorities and performed a useful function for pilgrims coming from a distance who couldn't travel with sacrificial animals. Now the issue Jesus takes with this is that the whole thing has got out of proportion and worship and prayer were being squeezed out by commercialism. Jesus got angry because the temple was no longer fulfilling the purpose for which it had been built. Encountering the king of the kingdom always provokes a response. When the chief priests and the teachers of the law see the blind and lame healed by Jesus and the children shouting out, Hosanna to the son of David, they are indignant. 
That's their response. They were angry at what they perceived to be offensive, insulting, unjust even. They could not bear these non-regulation happenings and new songs in the temple. What a beautiful contrast here between the grown-ups, the lay people buying, selling, trading, the priests judging and accusing, and the children, who I'd never noticed in this story until recently. The children haven't lost sight of the main thing. And as they encounter Jesus, they cry out in worship, Hosanna to the son of David. And there's a warning for us here. Are there times when we, like the chief priests, try to resist change or even try to box God into what he's always done, what we expect, what is safe, what is uncontroversial? We must learn to respond to the king of the kingdom like the little children do here, leading the way with heartfelt worship, rejoicing when broken lives are healed by his mighty power. The children show us a picture of unconventional new voices worshipping Jesus. Have you ever stopped and watched our kids here in Jubilee worshipping in our meetings? Now I've tried to step back and watch them more and more over recent weeks. And as I watch them dancing in the aisle, drumming on their instruments, drawing pictures in their notebooks, it does one thing in me. It helps me to respond to Jesus. It draws me to him. It helps me to worship the king. Jesus responds to the chief priest's indignation by simply pointing them to Psalm 8. He says, Have you never read from the lips of children and infants? You, Lord, have called forth your praise. We should expect the children to teach us how to respond to God in worship. They are often more sensitive to God's spirit than adults, as was indeed the case in the temple courts. So we've seen what children can teach us about the way to receive the kingdom and how to respond to the king. So the final lesson that I want to share today and what the children teach us about encountering the kingdom of God is they show us something of how to reflect the kingdom. So we reflect the kingdom wherever we go. God's been speaking to me about mirrors recently, simply a picture of how we all reflect something. The reality of your inside is the reality you'll reflect. And God's kingdom is meant to increase in our lives, not decrease. And this is what I've been seeing in the kids lately. They've been reflecting the culture of the kingdom because they are encountering the king. Following the discussions we've been having recently about building a kingdom culture here at Jubilee, we got the kids to have a go at describing the culture of Jubilee. I was intrigued to see what they would come up with and didn't really give them um, any input, didn't use the word culture with them. We just kind of said the grown-ups have been thinking about what makes Jubilee special and what kind of place we want it to be. And we want to know what you think because you're such an important part of it. Now, I was bowled over by doing this exercise with the kids. In a nutshell, they get it. They wrote many of the same things that we've discussed together and were so articulate at describing what they like and about what they want to see God do in the future. Worship was the overall focus when I asked them what made Jubilee special and what they liked about Jubilee. 
got some photos just of some of the ways that they've expressed that, and I'm going to read some to you. So they said, Jesus is here. We have time to talk to God. I love praising. People are kind. They give us time to worship God when we need help. We get a chance to meet with him. We can praise God in our own ways, like drawing, dancing, singing, or sitting and praying. People keep coming to worship God with us. It's fun. We are a team. People are nice. No one gets left out. What a picture of a culture of honour. We are always greeted by someone at the door. That one, you think the adults notice that. The children notice that they are greeted. And the next slide is a picture one of the kids drew during worship a few weeks ago. Now, on the way to church that afternoon, I'd asked God to show me what the children see. And the whole time during worship, I just kept seeing the word family. And then one of the children brought this up to kids' work. And you could see he's put at the bottom, we are all a family. (laughs) That's the word. That's at the heart of what we're about. Now, nobody sat them down and told them about the Jubilee culture. (laughs) They're hearing it from God for themselves. I hope that this encourages you, that the kids are so on board as we build a kingdom culture here at Jubilee. This is the culture we are all called to reflect. God is eager for his kingdom to break out. It's a lifestyle. All of us are called to see the kingdom break out wherever we go, whatever our age. And kids are so great at this. They don't compartmentalise their lives like we adults can. If they pray for their friend for healing on a Sunday in kids' work, why shouldn't they pray for their friend on a Monday in the playground? So what can we expect when the kingdom of God comes? Well, we see, don't we, in Isaiah 61, we can expect the presence of God. We can expect justice, liberty to the oppressed, good news to the poor. We can expect healing on the inside and on the outside. It's a sign of the kingdom. Salvation, release of captives, freedom for those who are bound up in sin. Peace. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. When the kingdom comes, peace comes. Comfort. He comforts all who mourn. And joy, the oil of gladness. And these seven signs of the kingdom are what church should look like. We are called to bring these things. Whenever we see the opposite to these things, we get to bring the kingdom. We don't need specific instruction. We already know what God is calling us to do. So we get to pray for these things to manifest. So when we see a lack of God's presence, we get to pray for God's presence to come. When we see a lack of joy, we get to pray for God's joy. When we see a lack of justice, we get to pray for this. It might be as simple as a prayer or a lifestyle given over to it. I have a child in my class at the moment whose life is being defined by massive injustice and oppression. And God has shown me that I get to bring the kingdom to this child. That I can pray life and justice over him. That I can bring the presence of God to him when he comes to school unsettled and insecure. And my life group have stood with me as we've prayed for breakthrough in this child's life. And each time it's like the boulder has started to move. But a final outcome never seems to be reached. 
And during this time, I was reminded of a prophetic word that I was given, to not take no for an answer. (laughs) I felt God was saying, don't give up. There's not resolution yet, but this gives you more time to pray. At the beginning of the month, we heard the news that an outcome had been reached. And the child is going to be living in a place of safety. Now this is the call of God on each of us. To reflect and pray for these kingdom signs. And I believe that God is building up an adventurous generation of children who step out in faith in their schools, with their friends, and as they grow into adults. God has purpose on each of our children's lives, and we need to be encouraging them when they step out in bringing these kingdom values and principles. We can learn so much from them as we follow their example of receiving the kingdom, poor in spirit, powerless, thirsty, knowing we are wholly reliant and dependent upon our Father. And as we respond to the king with heartfelt worship, and as we learn to reflect the culture of the kingdom, I want to finish with some of the kids' responses to the question when we did the culture exercise with them. We asked them, what would make Jubilee even better? Now, as well as reference to a big building and having more room, they said, more people coming here, more people believing God, more families coming, more people who come. Kids said that. As we build a kingdom culture where God's power is at work amongst us, we see that the point of reflecting this culture is to draw others to the king. The kids get this. Church is our practice ground for bringing the kingdom of God, ready to take out into the world on Monday.